today as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Massimo Marinelli, Executive Board Member of Acer Ventures, an investment platform specialized in sports and technology. So Massimo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Junior, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So, uh, you know, Massimo, what I want to talk about to you with you today was first, you know, your background, uh, your role at Acer Ventures, and then I'd like to talk about Acer Ventures and how Acer Ventures is using technology to grow its portfolio. Then we'll talk about the growth of private equity in sports, uh, the U.S. investment in European sports, uh, as well as the future investment in European sports and the metaverse and the trends around NFTs as well. Does it sound? Sounds good. Great. So for the audience, could you start by telling us about your role, uh, you know, at Ace Ventures? Sure. Well, I mean, perhaps to just provide a little bit of more background, Acer yep. is a paneling investment platform specializing in sports, media and, and tech. I've been with Acer for about five years. Before that, I was an investment banker uh, doing, you know, mergers and acquisitions and uh, uh, capital markets transactions. I was a managing director at UBS Investment Bank, where I led their efforts in uh, media and internet. And yeah. that included sports, because sports is very tied to media. Uh, one of the transactions I did was to sell the previous business of uh, the entrepreneur that I founded Acer, Andrea Radizzani. Uh, that, that, uh, you know, that was a very successful sale for Andrea, and Andrea invested the proceeds into, into his adventures which is uh, now his investment platform, you know, focused on sports, media and tech, as I, as I said. I think the, the key point I would highlight is that, uh, you know, Acer is not a traditional investment firm. It is, uh, it is a company that also launches businesses and yeah. in particular focuses on uh, businesses that uh, we are passionate about, things like uh, Leeds United, Eleven Sports or Creed Media, where we believe in the company's leadership team or able to sub you know, supplement them with the right leadership team, you know, change them when appropriate, as we did with uh, United when we first invested in, in the business. Yeah. And where we think that we have a relevant expertise to add value and also where we think we can uh, create the right amount of synergies within the portfolio. That makes sense. And, and going back to Leeds United, your comment, um, when did you guys invest in Leeds United? So we invested in Leeds United, you know, pretty much uh, in 2017, you know, yeah. I, think, I think the first transaction, you know, with uh, the previous owner was technically signed, you know, in December of 2016, but, uh, you know, pretty much, pretty much, you know, 2017 and after the end of season 2016-17, that's when we bought 100% control. And since then, you know, I think it's been a, you know, a tremendous learning curve for the club and, and for us. Of course, at the end of the 2020 season, 1920 season, you know, notwithstanding all that was happening in the world, we managed to secure promotion to the Premier League and, uh, you know, cemented a, a good return for the group. Uh, you know, we're now in the second season in the Premier League. You know, it has been, uh, you know, as expected, uh, more difficult than the first season. You know, we always yeah. expected that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, fingers crossed, you know, we continue to have a good game on the pitch and that's uh, why we have you know been able to obtain i think you know the support of uh, you know both old and new fans also perhaps as importantly you know already when we were in the championship in the second division when we first invested we were able to secure a strong partner in the san francisco 49ers yeah that is a partnership that has continued to you know develop 
and uh, and together you know i think we've been able to certainly reach you know a very very good result yeah and actually we we you know we do work and i work with the um uh, one of the staff member and the uh, athlete training staff for leads um mm-hmm. his name is daryl um i enjoy working with leads i think it's a it's a it's a great have a great staff and you know i know it's a tough season but and i wish you guys all the best and uh, for the Premier League, so it's a tough, it means a tough league, so uh, there's some really it good teams and uh, very competitive. You know, no no game is uh, is a given. No game is a given. Yep. 100%. And of course, there's um, continuing investment coming coming in the league. So you know, of course, you know, oh, yeah. there are many many competitive teams. Yeah. Uh, now, no, you you talk already about Ace Adventures, so I, I I won't ask you too much about that. But my next question is: so how is Ace using technology? to grow its portfolio? Well, I think technology is definitely at the core of everything that we do. Uh, and to be fair, you know, nowadays, uh, everything that uh, everybody does. But uh, certainly, when we look at our across our portfolio, we always had a commitment to innovation and, uh, you know, focus on uh, utilizing as many new technologies as possible. Uh, I can give you some examples, you know, to substantiate this claim, but uh, for example, in eleven sports, we were the first uh, the first really to introduce the award-winning technology Watch Together, which is yeah. now used by you know you know many others many others platforms you know from uh, you know digital media only to the more traditional cable platforms. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, we have also you know invested into our own proprietary tech. At the at the end of twenty twenty, we per, we purchased uh, you know a company that developed their own you know, first rate, proper platform. And that's, mm-hmm. and that was definitely, you know, a, another example how we want to make sure that uh, we focused on, on technology. Similarly, I think, you know, we can say for life now, the business that we launched, you know, also in 2020, uh, there, you know, we, we've been able to, you know, develop a, a technology, uh, technological distribution platform that again is proprietary. But also to give you an idea, you know, over Christmas, we launched a first concert in the metaverse in Italy with a yeah. pop artist called Big Mama. So again, yeah. you know, confirming our focus on uh, both new technologies and innovation. And then, you know, we continue to make investments across the space. Uh, you know, we were one of the first and you know largest investor in a company called Sports Data Labs, which is, you know, developing a very, very strong proposition in a yeah. data data collection and analytics and I thought they went public recently right did they go public um no not public uh, no but you know continue last last year was a very very strong uh you might you, you might think of other business but you know sports that are up last year had uh, lots of successes in terms of developing their tech and uh, mm-hmm. obtaining let me say external recognition pattern recognition for their tech they are now you know focused on uh, a Series A fundraiser over the next few months. Okay, makes sense. So, uh, and I do like your approach of not just being a VC and in, in, in funding businesses, but really also helping them start businesses, which I think is, you know, I wouldn't say it's a large trend among the VCs, but there are some VCs which are trying to do that, and I think it's a smart way to do it because it's not just hey, well, here is the money. Yes, right. yes. I, look, I think I think it's very much a differentiating factor. Of the as a platform, right? We're not, we're not a fund, you know. We're not, uh, you know. First of all, we are. I would say, you know, I always like to say stage agnostic, 
because you know we can launch our own businesses we can invest in uh, seeds we can invest yeah. in series a b c d or we can invest in businesses with a hundred years of history like Leeds united oh, yeah. so you know we certainly are not you know uh you know focused on uh, only a specific type of, of company but more importantly perhaps you know we don't have, we're not we're not a business with only let's say investment executive or finance people to the contrary you know the strength of the group is really about the operating capabilities and how those operating capabilities starting from chairman down and andrea you know they are able to uh, contribute to the growth and uh, the business plan execution of the businesses that we own and invest in yeah and i can give you some examples you know i mean uh, we've got people you know like the ceo of uh, 11 sports mark watson you know past in bt uh, the group of chief corporate financial officer graham wallace you know long successful career in media and sports between you know just to name a few on tv viacom or man city group or rangers yeah. uh, and you know, recently we added a chief of staff uh vandana vanchandar that came from the mba or also in the more you know investment focused area we added javier sobrino that used to be chief strategy officer at barcelona yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a dream team, but you got a really strong team, um, you, you know, in, in your company, yeah. So uh, can you maybe now talk about the growth of private equity in sports? Look, I mean, there are definitely some, um, some uh, you know, interesting trends there. I wouldn't just talk about private equity more broadly. I think one should look at uh, the broader institutional capital that is committed yeah. to sports as a, you know, very interesting trend and uh, ever ever growing, uh, uh, you know, focus for, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, large pension funds or, you know, indeed private equities or also VCs. Uh, I think today we were just seeing some report that uh, there has been a 8.3 billion investment in sports tech throughout September in 2021, uh, wow. which was projected to grow to almost 13 billion by, yeah. by the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. That was higher than you know the previous two years combined. So you know that gives you gives you a sense of you know how much more focus there is into into this space. I think it continues to be a space with a lot of opportunities for increase uh, professionalization, very high, strong sector growth prospects, and therefore is uh, is normal that you find uh, more institutional capital focus focused on it. So from yeah. that perspective, I think you know ultimately it's very positive for the businesses involved because uh, you know though. Although, you know, people may uh, sometimes get worried about, you know, the increased focus on profits, et cetera, but ultimately, you know, you want businesses to be sustainable, you know, nobody, nobody wants to see, a, you know, to go back to football, a football club going bust. And the way to avoid a football club going bust is making sure you got a sustainable business. Yeah. And, and I in think, fact... you know, they focus, yeah, sorry, for, you know, just to, just to close the thought, you know, I mean, the, the focus of institutional capital would definitely be to making sure that those businesses remain sustainable. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think uh, I think 2020 was tough for also many clubs, right? Uh, soccer clubs in Europe because of COVID, and um, it's been it, it hasn't been easy. But now I think things are also coming yeah. back to somewhat of a normal. Um, yeah. You know, and every year, you know, there are, there's investments coming from Asia and some different groups. Uh, they invest mm-hmm. in clubs in the Premier League and Italy and so on. So I think because they see the value of those clubs and sometimes it's strategic because they feel like if they feel like they can help those clubs to drive 
get popularity in, in, in you know in Asia or other regions, then it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but it's it's you know it's one of those trends, right? Happening right now. Um, but I think we're yeah. Um, can you talk maybe also about uh, your? I'd like to get your perspective on, on U.S. investments uh, in European sports. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Point? Look, I mean, I I think it's uh, definitely you know an increasing uh, an increasing area. I mean, the good news about European sports is that there are many more entry points. You know, in the U.S., you know, you have a close leagues with a finite amount of teams. Obviously, that has its advantages, you know. Uh, you know, once you invest into an NFL team, you're always going to be part of that league and, you know, you have no concern around the irrigation and promotion. But yeah, it does yeah. make the opportunities smaller. In, uh, in Europe, you know, in any sports, whether it's football, basketball or um, hockey for that matter, that is obviously also popular in Northern Europe. Or volleyball, if you think about of course it might be popular in uh, more in central central Europe or a little bit uh, southern Europe. Yeah. You know, you can uh, you can obviously invest in over division clubs and uh, you know with the right history, uh, you know perhaps still aiming for a club that could become as big as you know one of the one of uh, one of the ones that are currently in the, in the top division. So that's uh, obviously an interesting opportunity. I mean, the U.S. Uh, executives and U.S. funds. Definitely have, um, you know, broadly speaking, you know, not necessarily in teams ownership, but, you know, in the broader sports media tech area, you know, have relevant expertise. And so it's it's fair that, uh, you know, they look at opportunities beyond their home borders. Uh, generally, generally, you know, uh, I think as a, as a firm, you know, we also are a collaborative firm. So we see this as an opportunity for additional partnerships, you know, we already, you know, we obviously have it with the 49ers. So yeah, from that perspective, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely good to continue to see uh, smart capital coming into, into sports. Yeah. Uh, now, I think you touched on investment in sports and tech, right? I think you mentioned September was a big month. And we do track investments, you know, how much money is being raised by, by the startups uh, coming from the VCs. The, I think the last uh, last month, eighty I think over eighty percent of the investments that we saw going to v, to startups uh, came for uh, metaverse startups, NFT startups, which is not surprising, right? Uh, given all the I wouldn't say the hype, but there's so much attention ever since Meta got into the space, and now literally everybody, Nike, Adidas, all those brands, and you know they're getting into the space, yeah. right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. So. Uh, what do you think are the, the big areas of investment and opportunities in sports and tech right now? Uh, look, I guess, you know, you definitely highlighted two of the main, uh, main focus area that, you know, we, we definitely are very much attentive towards, you know, whether it's NFTs or, or metaverse, you yeah. know, in both of those spaces, you know, we have done uh, our own, you know, let me even say initial, you know, uh, investments or experiences. So yeah. in the NFT space, you know, we invest in a business called The Chain, yeah. which is, you know, developing, you know, as, as many of these businesses, it's still in its early stages, but, you know, it's developing already some uh, some good quality NFTs, you know, examples. To, and the focus is really to demystify a little bit the world of a platform that can help, you know, any provider, not just in sports, by the way, 
yeah. to offer their own NFTs. And that's, you know, another, another thing to consider, you know, so when I go cut a, when we look at investment in sports, you know, it's not just about sports. It's also about businesses that can have applications across other, other industries. Uh, similarly, on, on, the, on the metaverse, you know, you already mentioned Nike, that uh, I think is a good example of a company leading the way. I mean, on our, on our front, as I already mentioned, you know, we did a, we did a concert in the metaverse in Italy. We're definitely very careful around that space, given some of the investments I think we have uh, for businesses focused in uh, Gen Z, Gen, Gen X, you know, like uh, yeah. within Eleven Group, like Green Media or, or Team Whistle. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, there would be, there would be things for them to consider when I look at that, when we look at that, at that space. Yeah. Um, you know, more broadly, you know, from our perspective, you know, definitely the needs that we continue to be increased focus on uh, analytics and, uh, and CRM space. We mm -hmm. think, you know, there are, there are some good companies there, but there is still a lot that can be done in that, in that space. And so, you know, I believe that overall, the overall space is uh, going to be very, very attractive for many years to come, still, which is obviously good news for a platform like ours. Yeah, no, I think, and you guys are well positioned. And, and like I said, I like your positioning of not just providing funding, but really helping to to launch and grow those businesses, which I think is uh, the right thing to do. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, look, we, we're at the end of the interview, uh, but I wanted to thank you for, for your time today. It's been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure, Julian. And, uh, and I look forward to speaking soon. All right. Thank you.